Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. And those, some, those that he doesn't know. And uh, even in that moment, um, while we were having this conversation, there was a, a, a city garbage truck, a waste management truck that drove by and just laid on the horn and waved at John. Folks, Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 uh, through 25 says, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I like the New Living Translation a little bit better. It says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. John's world after 30 years was very large. People knew John. Even if they didn't know his name they knew what he was doing, why he was doing it, because it was who he was. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. So I want to ask you a question today. Are you more or less generous? Would you consider yourself being generous? Two weeks ago, we talked about breaking debt in our life. So we're moving from one extreme to another, right? Breaking debt to extreme, extravagant generosity. Are you more or less generous? Let's say on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being the devil. Now I'm sure you're more generous than the devil because the devil is take, 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 right? Take, take, take and deceive, deceive, deceive. And 10 being Jesus Christ, I don't think you are him because you have not died on the cross for our sins. Um, so somewhere between the devil and Jesus, one in ten, where would you place yourself? Are you more or less generous? Would you land on two or three, or would you land on six, seven, eight, or nine? Um, but keep in mind, because this is really tricky. You may have quite a bit. You may have quite a bit in your bank accounts. You may have quite a bit in your home. And you may feel like you give a lot. And according to other people, you probably do give a lot. But in proportion to what you have, you might be giving less and being less generous. However, like the widow that Jesus was watching across the temple treasury, you might have very, very little. And you may give very little. And other people may see that as very little. However, in proportion to what you have, you have given whole lot. Are you more or less generous? It's a very tough question. It's a very tough question to even talk about as a pastor, but it's a question that we must wrestle with. Where would you land? 
two, three. Maybe you might think, you know what, I'm, I'm probably a two or three or four. Maybe you, you might be thinking, I have a room that I could use and utilize for somebody uh, should they need an extra room. I have an extra car that I, I could loan out and provide to somebody. Or maybe you're, you're a six or seven and you, you're right there. But here's the fact. Anywhere you land, two or three, six, seven, eight, or nine, guess what? We can all grow in generosity. Every single one of us in this room and listening can grow in our generosity. Are you more or less generous? And so today, the challenge to each and every one of us sitting in this room and listening online, the challenge is to grow in generosity. Not only in to grow in generosity, but so that your world of influence for the kingdom and our Creator and our Christ, our Messiah, gets larger and larger. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. So, the challenge today is for us to become more generous. And so, um, there's some things that we've got to wrestle with. There's some things that we have to challenge ourselves with. Um, none of us are, are immune to this philosophical conundrum. The glass is it half full or is it half empty? How have you answered that? You, you, we have both over here. Look at the philosopher over here. He says both. It is both half full and half empty. However, many of us would actually not land in the middle, the via media like John Wesley. Some of us would land on it's, it's half empty or it's, it's half full. Often we have this mindset in our life that there, there's either a scarcity mindset in our life or there's an abundant mindset in our life. The scarcity mindset says there is simply not enough to go around. And since there's simply not enough to go around what I have, I'm going to protect. It's like me at the dinner table. What's on my plate is my plate, is my food. You ain't taking it. You ain't getting it. I'm not giving it to you because it's mine. I will stab you with a fork. Right? Scarcity mindset. There's, there's not enough to go around. And then there's the abundant mindset. Though it may look little, there's still more to be had. And so what I have, you can have as well. I would be glad to share that with you. Scarcity or abundance. See, Judas, one of Jesus' 12, who actually happened to be the treasurer, the holder of the bag of money, Judas, he had a distorted mindset, and his distorted mindset was a scarcity mindset. There was a moment that it was toward the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, just about a week or so before Jesus gave his life on the cross and he was at a party that was thrown by Simon the leper at this point Simon the leper would have actually been healed and there was a party thrown in honor of Jesus because he rose Lazarus from the dead Mary and Martha's brother and in the room they were having the festivities they were having the celebration and then Lazarus's sister Mary 
comes through the door. And in her hands, she was holding a perfume bottle. And in that moment, she broke the bottle. Why? Because the righteous give without sparing. And she was about to pour out all of it. And so she did. She literally anointed Jesus head to toe, pouring the perfume on Jesus, preparing him literally for his burial just a week or so before. And we learn in the other Gospels beyond John that all of the disciples, all of the twelve were indignant. They were, they were, their feathers were ruffled. They were a little uncomfortable because they were thinking, why are you breaking this expensive perfume bottle out? It was worth a whole year's wages. But then when we read in the story of John, in the book of John, this story specifically, we find that it's Judas that actually says it verbally. He calls her out in the midst of this extravagantly beautiful, generous moment. He calls her out and he shames her. We could have sold that. And with all of that money, we could have given it to the poor. Scarcity mindset. And Jesus, Jesus calls him out. And we find out that John, the apostle, who was one of the twelve, who himself was indignant, also gives us a little glimpse into the heart of, of Judas. That Judas was not worried about the poor, but what Judas was worried about was himself. He had the scarcity mindset, and we find out that Judas was helping himself to the bag, to what was in the bag. But see, God, on the other hand, has an abundant mindset. We've, we talked two weeks ago when we were talking about breaking the debt is that God is the only one in the universe in all of history that operates out of the fullness and operates out of fullness all the time. Think about it. Your daddy's rich and is absolutely rich beyond measure that you can think of. And I'm not thinking in terms of money here. I'm thinking in terms of even grace. Your God is rich. And He always operates out of fullness. That is why grace is greater than sin. That is why all our sins can be forgiven. But let's apply this and look at this even in ground level. There were 5,000 people or more that Jesus was teaching and healing and speaking about the kingdom of God. And he looked to his disciples and he said, you guys, feed them. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have anything. And as you look at the stories in all four of the Gospels, because this story lands in all four of the Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000, it's so important. It's so important. If you don't know this story, go back and read the story in all four Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. It's so important that it's in all four. And we find out that he says, well, you go and look for what we can feed them with. And so, who is it? Andrew. John chapter 6. Andrew. Andrew finds a boy. He has five loaves and two fish. Scarcity mindset. How will this go amongst so many? Right? There's definitely more than 5,000 people here. The abundant mindset of God 
who operates out of the fullness all the time, what does Jesus do? <laughs> so good, man. So good. He gives thanks, and he breaks it. He breaks the bread, he breaks the fish, he hands it to the disciples, and what happens? They go out, and the miracle is in the making as they're doing, and they continue to pass out bread and pass out fish. And then when Jesus, they're all fed and satisfied, Jesus says, let's go pick up the leftovers. Do you really think God has a scarcity mindset? I don't think so. Because why? They pick up 12 basketfuls. 12 of them. I think it was really important that there were 12 basketfuls that they picked up because all 12 of them had to walk back to Jesus with a basket full of bread and fish. And they were looking at it. And they had to wrestle with this whole scarcity mindset. They had to wrestle with their mindset that the glass was half empty. And realizing that God was like, nope, it's not even half full. It's all full. Not all full. It's all full. All full. There's the story of the widow. Um, we talked about a couple weeks ago. The widow who, her husband was a prophet who had passed away and the creditors were coming, the creditors were coming, the creditors were coming, and they were coming to collect the debt. And they were coming to take the sons away. And prophet Aisha said, hey, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go start knocking on some doors. Get as many empty jars as possible. Don't care what size they are. Don't care what color they are. Just make sure they're empty, right? And probably not cracked. Because she had a scarcity mindset. Because when the prophet asked her, what do you have? She said, I have nothing except just a little oil. Just a little bit. Can you imagine what God does with just a little bit? Right? So she goes knocking on doors, gets all the jars in the room, closes the doors. She and her sons are starting to pour oil, and they continue to pour oil. And I love, I love how it says, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3, they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. You know this miracle? This miracle would not have stopped had she had more and more and more jars. The miracle stopped because she stopped asking for jars. It wasn't God who stopped. God has an abundant mindset. For you and I, we have to shift our perspective. We must remember that God himself says, test me in the tithe. Test me in the tithe. We talked about tithe two weeks ago. Put God first. By putting God first, we give Him our first and our best, and we trust Him with the rest. We give Him the 10%, and we trust Him with the 90%, because He's entrusted us with the 90%. And He says, test me in this. This is the only place in Scripture where God says, test me in this. And why? And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. Again, God operates out of fullness, not out of emptiness. He constantly operates out of the fullness because He is full. He is complete. He is whole. He's the one who's whole. And so, folks, for us, we have to shift our perspective. 
do you have a scarcity perspective? There's simply just not enough to go around. So I'm going to keep what is mine. I'm going to hold on what is mine. And it, it will be mine until I die. We've got to shift that perspective to the abundant mindset. Because God operates out of the fullness. When we trust Him with all of it, as He has entrusted it with us with all of it, He can do more than with 90 than He can do what we can do with 100. Right? And then we need to search the Scriptures. Look at the Scriptures. Why, go through the Scriptures. Go through Genesis all the way to Revelation. Try to find both mindsets. Find both mindsets. Where is God's mindset of abundance and where is man's mindset of scarcity? Who are those that really believe in the scarcity mindset? Judas is one of them. Watch him. Just watch him. Some of the disciples, yep, they have it. But the switch gets flipped. The switch gets flipped in the book of Acts. Right as a result of Holy Spirit, Pentecost moment, chapter 2. There's an abundant mindset in the early church because they're trusting God with what they have. And what happened? The church expanded. Again, it's not just finances. Think in terms of sin. His grace covers all sin. It's greater than all sin. Think in terms of wisdom. Where James said, for those who lack wisdom, ask God who gives what? Generously. Generously. To all who ask without finding fault. He has an abundant mindset and all the things that are Him, that are holy, that are good. He has an abundant mindset. The other lesson I learned from John that seemed to play into my life and I didn't realize it until just a few weeks ago is this. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8. It sits there. It's right there in the, in the prophet, in that book. But this is such a powerful scripture. It says, but a noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands. What does this truly mean? Well, in the Hebrew, which is the second verse down there, it says, but a generous man, literally, this is the Hebrew, what it means in Hebrew, but a generous man or a generous person or a generous woman or a generous teenager or a generous kid, a generous person devises generous things and by generosity he or she shall stand. Another way of looking at this, it says generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. What? Generous people plan to do generous things. First, we've got to shift our mindset, folks. If we want to grow in generosity, we have to shift our mindset and believe that God always operates out of fullness. And He wants to lavish on His kids. So His kids can lavish on other people in need. But secondly, the generous, if we want to grow in generosity, generous plan to be generous. John, for 30 years... Every day, he took his cart and he walked the streets of Pasadena. Every day. Collected bottles, collected cans, turned them into the recycling center. He had a plan. He planned. God had a plan. 
Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. As soon as the fall occurred, guess what? God had a plan to redeem his people. God planned to lavish his grace on humanity through Jesus Christ. And it's all the way through the Old Testament. We're about to celebrate the plan coming to fruition next month. Emmanuel, God with us. The generous, they plan to be generous. So, um, I heard a story of a family in another church that they wanted to become a little bit more generous in their life. And it was in 2016 that, that um, this story was told. Craig Rochelle actually told this story to his church because it was a family in his church. Years before that, they wanted to just be a little bit more generous in their life. They wanted to grow in their generosity. And so what they did was, on the front end of the month, again, we, we give our tithe, we give our ten to the Lord. We honor Him with that. We give Him what is due Him. But then there's 90%. And so the, what they did was they took $20 of that 90% that was in their hands, that was entrusted to them, and they set it aside. They set it aside because they wanted to see opportunities to be generous the rest of the month and see if they could. One month, they saw they were behind a lady in, in, in the grocery store who didn't have enough money to, to pay for her groceries. There was an opportunity to be generous. And they, 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 they paid for groceries. And quite frankly, that person um, was so blessed that they invited, she invited people to their church and they all went to their church. Um, another month, they, they provided for kids, uh, a kid's uh, uniform. Didn't have uni- uniform to, didn't have enough money to, to pay for the uniform. So they, they bought this kid a uniform so he can play sports. And they would journal this journey of generosity. They journaled it. And month after month after month, they started at the front end of the month. Not, not on the back end of the month, because, folks, faith in our finances, it starts on the front end of the month. Because you don't know what's going to happen throughout the month. We, we, we start with our first, right? And so, years later, after this journal of generosity, this journey of generosity in their journaling, they share with, with their pastor years later, now they're, they're setting aside $200 a month because God was just lavishing on them because they were lavishing on other people. Not to say that God's going to open up and give you financially because you are giving other people financially. It's not how it always works. My wife, um, she, I, I've been asking her about her story because I know my story pretty well, but I asked about her story. And uh, so just... Um, she shared with me one of the things that, that she often shares with other people. So she was a children's pastor in a church just near here years and years and years ago. She still had some school debt, um, and she actually worked herself through school um, so that she could try to get out of school without much debt. But she was working as a children's pastor for the first time, and uh, she just had this deep sense that she was to give um, X amount of dollars a month to focused on the family because previ- years previously she went to focus fa- on the family institute and was there for six months and it was a place 
and a group of people that was near and dear to her heart. And so she had this deep sense that she was to give X amount of dollars on a monthly basis to folks on the family institute. And so she was a little nervous. She was still a little bit in debt. And so she planned her generosity and she set it aside on the front end of the month and she started to give financially and be generous above the tithe to focus on the family institute. And wouldn't you know, and wouldn't you know, just about two or three months later, she received a raise that covered the exact amount. Now, I'm not saying that that happens every time. I'm not. I won't ever say that. That's prosperity gospel, and I don't preach prosperity gospel, folks. There is suffering in the gospel. There's poverty in the gospel. There's pain in the gospel. Right? However, in that moment, God reassured her, there's an abundance, and I will lavish on my kids in one way or another. I was on a Zoom meeting this week, this week, with uh, the group of people coordinating the efforts for um, all of this up and down 75 for Honduras. And the, the, hu- the wife of the husband, who is the coordinator, she said, I just want to tell you that this has been such a blessing to work the trailer and see people come and just lavish on the Honduran people. It was such a blessing. Folks, our Lord and our Savior said this, it is more blessed to give than receive. Think about it. He's the ultimate giver, right? Jesus Christ is the ultimate giver. Why? Because He was the one that laid down His life. He literally gave His life. He didn't leave a portion of it back. He gave it all in. He was all in. And he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Folks, for us to grow in our generosity, we need to shift our mindset to an abundant mindset. And we also need to plan to be generous. When Amy and I opened the store, and I'm telling you this not because I'm, and hopefully you know me by now, I don't say stories about myself to put myself on a pedestal. Okay? Please know that. And if you're new here, that's not what I'm about. But I firmly believe that as a pastor, I need to lead by example. And the things that I teach you need to be in my life as well. And so when we first opened the store in town, even before that, Amy and I said, Lord, this is your store. This is yours. Not ours. You've entrusted us with this. And so we're going to trust you with the store. And so this is how we're going to trust you with the store, Lord. We want this store to be a place not only of connection and community, but a place of peace. It's a kingdom outpost. But we also want to give as a result of this store out of the finance or the revenue, the monthly revenue. And so we are going to give to you first. And we do that. But then we said, Lord, we want to we want to give to local organizations, to individuals and families that you have a deep you lay on our heart 
We want to give to missions internationally. And from day one, that has happened. And the Lord is blessed. As a result, um, just a few opportunities because of the Lord's favor and blessing on the business. We've been able to fund people in Malawi who want to become pastors. Back in when COVID started to hit really hard, not only here in the States, but in third world countries, particularly Malawi. Just a year later from when we gave so that pastors can go to school and get educated, we got a call from our district superintendent. He laid it out to all the churches, all the pastors. He said, folks, the people that are in Malawi that I know, they're, they're starving. They're hungry. They need food. Because we planned to be generous, we were able to be generous and give so that folks could eat. When we first started out, we said, how do we figure, how, how do we incorporate our employees in this? Because we want to teach our employees, whether they know God or not, we want to teach our employees to be generous. And so we said, hey, listen, this is who we are, this is what we're about. We want you to give us a list of places or people that you would love for us to be generous to. And so they wrote a list, and we chose from the list. One of our employees gave us an individual's name who was adopting twins. Their family was adopting twins from a foreign country. They couldn't get the ticket out to that country to get, get their children. And so because of our employees and because of planning to be generous, we were able to fund that family so they can go and, and meet the kids and bring them home for the first time. Folks, the generous plan to be generous. We are closest to God. We are closest to Him. We look more like Him when we are generous because He Himself is generous. Folks, we got to shift our mindset. we got to shift our perspective. Two, we got to plan to be generous. And three, we need to be generous now. We don't wait to be generous. We don't wait to get out of debt to be generous. We do it now. Just imagine the story of the prodigal son who actually received his inheritance while his father was alive. He went out to a foreign country and just extravagantly wasted all of his money and then found himself right there in the pigsty longing to eat what the pigs wanted to eat or were eating. And he thought to himself, this isn't working. He came to his senses. He was completely in debt. He had nothing to his name. And he said, I'm going to go home, and I will be one of my father's hired hands. And when he got home, as he was walking down the road, his father was on the doorstep, and he came running to his son. Now just wait for just one second. The story plays out this way. The father runs to his son, wraps his arms around his stinking, smelling son, says, get the robe, get the sandals, get the ring, kill the fatted calf. We're celebrating. My son who was lost is now found. We're going to have a party. It was immediate generosity, right? What would have happened? 
What would have happened had the father in that story just delayed, delayed the generosity, crossed his arms and stood there, just delayed it. He had it. It was within his power to give, but he delayed it. One, I don't think Jesus would have told that story, right? It wouldn't be in the scriptures. But two, it would have made that son question everything. Folks, it wasn't delayed generosity. The father lavished it on his son. It was beautiful. And his son didn't feel worthy. But by that lavishing of generosity, he knew the love of the father. So today, I challenge you. Flip the switch. Shift your perspective. Ask God to do that in you. Search the scriptures. You will find God himself operates out of the fullness all the time. And he desires that for us. To operate out of his fullness, not ours, but his. And two, begin to plan to be generous. Plan to be generous. Start Start now. And if not, start December 1. I guarantee you, the Lord's going to bless you in ways such as joy and fullness. I just had a conversation with somebody this week. They were getting all kinds of stuff from other people for the trailer. And they were actually able, in in their own life, previous to this, they were able to give out of their own pantry to other people. And they just experienced this this joy. Folks, it's joy. I I don't know how to explain it, but it's this joy that you receive, this blessing you receive when you give. It is amazing. You might not get it back financially, but you will get it back spiritually. Would you please stand? Man, God is good. He wants you to lavish His goodness on other people. He really does. He just wants you to bless other people. So, Father, for our people right here, Lord Jesus, may we begin to grow in our generosity. May we move in the direction of our God who gives out, who lavishes, who gives generously without finding fault. Wisdom, who gives grace to all those who call on your name, who gives forgiveness completely and wholly, without sparing, who gave his life to the fullest. As the scripture reads, and with his last breath, he gave up his spirit. God, you gave fully. May we be people who operate out of your fullness. Not out of ours, but out of your fullness. So that other people can see the loving, generous God that you are. To see the grace that you have. The goodness that you want to give. God, may we be people that operate as if heaven is right here on earth today. In our life. 
by the fullness of your Spirit in our heart. Lord, help us move into the growth of generosity. For those that are you're calling right now, the plan to be generous, may you start to move in their life right now. May they sit down and just ask you, Lord, how do you want me to plan? How do you want me to do it? And then who do you want me or where do you want me to give? Father, may we be a people that just is generous. Generous with the things that we have. Generous with the finances that we have. Generous with our time and generous with a prayer. Generous with the scripture. Generous with a smile. May we start now. Just watch you work. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your your goodness, for your blood and your sacrifice. We ask these things today in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Lord, may the uh, Lord shine His face upon you. And may you go in peace today. We love people, loving people to Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have a wonderful day. Be safe, please. Be safe. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future He has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.